honestly, I've been wanting to move to Berlin for many years now. So I think it's really cool that I actually have the opportunity to finally do it. Okay, so you're moving to Berlin uh, in just a few months from Texas. So right now yeah. you're in Texas. I'm in Austin, and Texas. Do I remember right that you've never actually been to Berlin before? No, so I, um, in 2018, I was studying abroad in France, Cannes, France to be specific. And during my spring break, I actually visited Berlin for about five days. And during that time, I just, I had one of the best experiences of my life to this day where I remember vividly the experience. And <laughs> ever since then, I've been like, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. What happened in those five days? Um, okay, I guess what, like, what really happened is I took this free alternative walking tour. Um, very specific. Uh, classic. And, Did you know and that I was a, a, a walking tour guide? Uh, really? Not in Berlin, but in, in Basel, Switzerland. I did those free walking tours, yes. Oh, for that's like two dope. Years. Well, <laughs> I really appreciate them. So kudos to you for doing that. <laughs> They're very transformative. It's crazy. In Berlin, it's so like difficult to to become a guide on one of those free tours because it's all very capitalistic at this stage. Like it's basically the free tours are there to advertise the paid tours and you have to actually apply to become a guide and stuff. It's like a whole thing. But anyway, gotcha. I digress. So you took a tour and your you your mind was blown. My mind was blown because they didn't show me the typical things that you would go to Berlin to see. You know, you're not seeing all of the quote unquote touristy stuff. She walked around and she showed us the graffiti, the art, the culture, mm -hmm. you know, the integration of different types of people, you know, all of those different things. She even showed us Bergheim, you know? So like, it was really the, it was just very informative of the things that I'm very, um, attracted to i'm an artist so i was just amazed in that i was just touched and then i had the opportunity to go to bergheim once and just the music Ooh. and the vibe and it was just a really cool experience honestly and i was like i want to live here i'm like i've never <laughs> felt more at home in a city in the five days that i was there <laughs> ever in my life <laughs> I, I've only ever been to Berkheim once in my life as well, <laughs> by really? accident, almost. Yes, so <laughs> I'm not a I'm not usually a club dweller <laughs> in any uh, sense of the word. But um, a friend was this is many years ago. Um, a, f a friend of mine was visiting when I f first lived in Berlin. So I I first moved to Berlin in 2012 and then moved away okay. for a while and then came back. And this was when I first lived in Berlin and my friend from Kiel was visiting and we had a common friend, a shared friend who also lived in Berlin and she was going to Berghain that night. And she was like, hey, you guys should just come by and say hi because I just queued up and I'll be in this queue for another two or three hours at least. And you should just come yep. by and say hi. And we're like, okay, fine. And then we went there because we were in the area in Friedrichshain. And and then we like they somehow convinced us that we should queue up, not with them, because you can't do that. You have to be at least like eight, or you shouldn't be more than two people or maximum three. Uh, so we queued up like way behind them and somehow we all got in, even though we were literally like unshowered, like not prepared for this at all, not dressed up, which is kind of what you should do when you go to Berkheim. Like, and yeah, we all got in and it was a surreal experience. We should do like a whole episode at one point about the Berlin club scene and all that. I would totally love that. You see, and that's the thing. Everyone says, yeah, you know, like I queued up for this amount of time or whatnot. Honestly, I went, I guess it's the day I went. I went on like a Sunday. There was no line. There was not that's one person. Yeah, you have in to go line. Sunday morning, ideally. Yeah. Yes. And I just walked right in. And like, and then when I was in there, <laughs> there was so many people there. I was like, I don't understand what anyone else had gone through. It was the easiest experience <laughs> I ever had. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> All right. No. So, so the free walking tour uh, kind of blew your mind. Then you went to Berkheim, had I'm sure an incredible experience in this parallel universe that is Berkheim. 
Um, yes. <laughs> and then decided I want to move to Berlin at some point. That is exactly it. I was just like, my time here is not up. I think that there's just so much potential for me here. Um, I've always tried to find like a, a community that I can just call my own. And I had that really um, well in college. So like, I've been like, okay, now that I actually have more knowledge and more experience, I can actually deliberately find a place. And Berlin has just always called my name. I have never not wanted to go to Berlin since I visited. And aren't you afraid with kind of these this level of expectations that like Berlin can only only let you down now? Like, because you do realize it's not like b visiting for five days is a very different experience from living here. For sure, for sure. But I think though, I mean, like one thing I realized is that an experience is all about your perspective of that experience. You know, the only one that I can be let down is if I let down myself. But I think with anywhere that I go, I have opportunity for excitement. I mean, I can go back home to Houston And even though I've lived there for so long, I can have a new exciting experience. You know, I think it's more about how I keep my energy up, how I keep my perspective um, positive that allows me to continue having a good time, even if, you know, there are moments of disappointment, which there most likely will be. I mean, I'm going still during the time of COVID, so a lot of restrictions and stuff. But I will say that I went to the UK last year, well, November 2020, to Manchester during a lockdown, and I still had a blast. So yeah. I'm like, if I can have a blast during a lockdown um, in the UK, I'm sure I can still have a blast in the city that I've always dreamed of. That's a good perspective i mean get ready for seven to eight pretty gray months uh, of the year <laughs> you know the winter <laughs> like <laughs> i mean it's so true because honestly like this winter i feel like i'm a person who doesn't get easily uh distracted by the weather or kind of the weather doesn't really affect my mood so much but this winter for some reason maybe it's because i'm getting older but for some reason i really felt it i was like oh my god it's there were like two weeks where where it was just gray every single day and yeah i mean it's just it's difficult but then the summer it can be amazing obviously and the winter I feel like, yeah, just like you said, like COVID in combination with this, because this the winter usually in Berlin is cozy, right? Because you go to cafes mm -hmm. and you go to bars and you kind of minimize the time spent outside, but it's not like you never leave your house. You just, you know, you meet people inside places and that kind of fell away. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I guess, I mean, like... It, it can be challenging and I'm a tropics kid. So, you know, I'm all from the, the, the sun. <laughs> so I think it will definitely be an adjustment, but I always go back to, I mean, like no matter where you go in the world, you're going to have moments like that. Like I lived in California. I lived in LA. I lived there. I lived in the perfect quote unquote city. And I still mm -hmm. have moments where I was just like, eh, this is just not it, you know? Yeah. So it's, things that you know you get through and you learn how to cope with things and some days are easy some days are not easy but you just keep going you know yeah so i mean we're obviously not doing this to kind of uh promote berlin or kind of <laughs> this is not an ad for berlin but apart from kind of the street graffiti that you saw and that you liked and the burkhain experience what are like And and your general kind of feeling that you're drawn to the city. What are like specific things that you think make Berlin a city that you want to live in? The diversity, um, the interculturalness, uh, which is much different than America's melting pot. Um, you might have people, let's say in LA, you have people all over America who come to LA. You know which is much different though than I feel like Berlin, which you have people all over Europe who come to Berlin, people who speak different languages, who grew up in different types of environments, all in this one city trying to make it work in whatever aspect that is. Um, and I think it has something beautiful that I 
never have actually lived in London. I visited London, I visited Paris, but I think there's this down to earth type of atmosphere that I appreciate in Berlin. Um, that really, I think draws me there. And then also just a simple fact that I still have yet to hear one negative thing about Berlin. <laughs> Not one person who I've <laughs> talked to who has lived in Berlin has said one negative thing. So I'm like, I should just take y'all's word for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, it's funny that you have this strong feeling that you're drawn because I think that is very common. I kind of had the same feeling actually. And I, also think there are people who experience almost the opposite, who visit Berlin once mm. and are like, oh man, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the museums and I enjoyed the concert that I went to, but otherwise this city is not for me. Like I know people who had this experience and said, it just feels like too hectic or too dirty almost. It's kind of a <laughs> strong word, but it is true. Like if you compare it to other German cities like Hamburg or or Munich, Berlin is a little bit um, dirty. You know, there's, I mean, it depends a little bit on where you are, but uh, vetting where I live is definitely has like a garbage problem. And then the graffiti, there is amazing street art, but there's also just a ton of like uh, vandalism, essentially, you know, that mm. isn't particularly pretty. And I feel like you love it or hate it. Like, you know, I also think this makes Berlin what it is. Like the garbage I could do without, but you know, all the graffiti and stuff, it's just, it's part of Berlin. It feels like, and like, there's a lot, we did actually at the very beginning uh, of the Easy German podcast, we did an episode about Berlin with Emmanuel, who's from here, um, who does um, the German learning blog, Your Daily German. And he, um, he said something that I still remember, even though this is two years ago. Uh, we talked a little bit about all the um, kind of strange people that you meet on a regular basis. You know, like if you go to a, if you take the subway, like you will meet people who, you know, you feel like are very different. You know, I'm trying to be as little judgmental here as I can, because I think it's great that Berlin has that, you know, I think it's great that not everybody's like locked up somewhere. And, you know, it, it's, it's very diverse in that sense. It's actually like, it's not as diverse in some dimensions. Um, you know, it's not as diverse as New York, obviously, or even Amsterdam in some ways, but it does have a diversity of like, you know, people who are on the edges of the bell curve of society somehow. And, Berlin is their place. I don't know if, if any of that makes sense, but there is some diversity there. And I like that. That's part of the city. It does make sense. Um, I completely get it. And that's exactly what I would support. And I would agree with that. That's what makes the city the city. You know, it's not for everybody. But then again, do you want to be in a city that is for everybody? And like, I guess, I mean, I always go back. I lived in LA. I did that whole LA thing. And that was not for me. It was not for me at all. I did not like mm -hmm. it. it. It was cool, you know. It it's was, a car city. You need a car, right? That that's what yeah, turns me off about LA. It's it is a car city. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a perfect city, and quote unquote, it, it's a city people dream of going to. And mm -hmm. I I lived that life. I lived that reality, and it wasn't for me. It wasn't as diverse or interesting as. I feel it could be because everyone there is still trying to get clout. Everyone's still trying to, you know, make it in some way. And I think one of the things based on what you described for me in Berlin is people don't care how you think of them. People are going to be them. And I like that. That's definitely true. That's like a huge difference to Munich where, um, you know, in Munich, <laughs> you have to like dress to impress. And mm -hmm. in Berlin, you can do your grocery shopping in pajamas and no one will look at you, you know, straight. Maybe a little bit, maybe not in Charlottenburg, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely where I live, that is uh, very common. And uh, I have firsthand experience in doing this and it is not a problem. <laughs> and I like that. You know? It's like, whatever, mind your own business. Um, uh, yeah, I personally like that part, yes. you know. It's just, yeah, it's just easier. So 
<laughs> nice. Okay, so when are you moving? I bought my ticket for April 18th. So I technically leave April 18th, but I'll get there April 19th. Um, just because it's like, no, it takes a minute to fly there. Um, but yeah, in two months and two months and maybe a week or two, I can't do the math right now, but yeah, it's coming up. All right. Tuesday, April 19th, Jay arrives in Berlin to the new airport, I assume. B-E-R. Yes, that airport. Let's talk about how to get here. So this podcast obviously is for people who are already here, but also for people who are moving here. And this is a topic that you know more about than me, because if you're in the EU, if you're, or if you're from the EU, I should say, if, you, if you're a European passport holder, then you're lucky lucky and privileged because you can just come here and live here and work here and it's all fairly easy thank thank uh, us for having the eu <laughs> and forming the eu and not leaving the eu uh, but what if you're from somewhere else and i know it's it's like a giant topic but maybe we can uh get an overview so you're obviously from the us so you do need a visa and maybe we can start with your experience and then some other like common cases. Yeah. So first I would, it depends on what you're essentially trying to do. Um, you can visit Berlin or you can move to Berlin. And in my case, I would like to move to Berlin, hence the title of the podcast. Um, so with moving to Berlin, that means that you're going to want to be there for longer than probably three months, which I say three months because um, without a visa, as an American citizen, I'm able to visit the EU, any place in the EU for three months. So if you want to move there for right, longer... the Schengen visa, 90 yes, days. Yes. Um, so if you want to be there for longer than those three months slash 90 days, you need um, a certain type of visa. So I did a lot of research on different types of visas that um, felt that I could essentially get. And these visas should apply to people not only in america i think in general if you aren't really from the eu you still have to go through these hoops so there are a few types that i'm pretty attracted to um you can acquire a work visa um some countries allow you to um apply for a working holiday visa which allows you to um, work in the country for up to a year unfortunately americans do not get that option um there's a freelance Wait, visa so slow down slow down so the working okay. holiday i know a little bit about so that is usually one year yes and you it's supposed i i think it's mostly um like it's supposed to be a visa where you can travel and work a little bit but i think the working uh thing is like six months i think you can only really work for six months out of the year so it's not like you know it's it's a little bit limited and i think you can only apply for it outside of germany so you can apply like you can apply for it in the netherlands um but you can't apply for it in Germany itself. It has to be in a German embassy, I think, where you apply for it. Yes. Um, so for the working holiday visa specifically, um, you can work up to one year. Um, and it's for um, people of very, very, very um, select. Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Chile, Hong Kong, Israel, Japan, South Korea, New Zealand, Thailand, and Uruguay. Those are the only people, and you have to that's be from so the ages eighteen what? to thirty. That, that's so random. Like, <laughs> do you know anything about this? What's the backstory of this um, visa? I don't really know the backstory of it. I can do some more information on that in the future, but yeah, it's very interesting. Um, but I, mean, I guess it depends on just the relationship that that country does have with Germany um, that allows them to have those types of privileges. I would say. Mm. They might have a similar visa for Germans or something like that. Yes, yes, most likely. Um, but 
as I listed before, there is the work visa, which we'll get a little bit more into. Um, we have the working holiday visa, the freelance visa, which is personally my favorite because in Berlin, if you're an artist, you can apply to a freelance artist visa, which essentially a freelance artist visa allows you to live in the city and work as a freelance artist. It is actually very simple to apply. Um, you mainly get the freelance artist visa the same day that you apply for it, which is much different from the other visas that could take weeks, months to receive your like acceptance. But typically with the freelance artist visa, you can get that on the same day. And before I started working um, with Manuel at our company, um, Easy Languages, that was the um, visa that I was looking to um get whenever I went to Berlin. Um, so we can do a little bit more talking about that um, later on. There is also the student visa, um, which this is pretty self-explanatory. You go to a school or university in Germany and you can get a visa to live there and also work as well. Um, so if you're interested in learning and wanting to get an education in Germany, um, this is actually a really great um great option as well but limited to a certain amount of time and no uh, you can't work as far as i know yes you can with this one you can work ah you can during the student visa yes um you're able to work as long as you're like you're enrolled in a university However, one of the okay. good things about a student visa is once you graduate, um, you can get the blue card visa, which is a work visa, but a little bit better. Um, it's a little bit easier to get, and all you need is a job offer and a university degree from Germany to get a blue card. <laughs> all um, you need is a job offer and a all, university degree. Easy, no, easy. Just easy. <laughs> um, the benefits of a thing of a blue card is you can get it faster. Um, it's easier to change your jobs. Um, you can get a permanent residency faster. Um, you can get in 33 months rather than 60 months. Um, it's easier to move to other EU countries and you can travel longer outside of Germany as well. Um, so that's one of the, I will say the perks of if you come to Germany to be a student, um, there are opportunities to stay in Germany once your visa, your student visa, um, ends. Um, so then you have the internship visa, which is for university students. Um, and this, um, residence permit lets you do an internship in Germany, um, and it's valid for six to 12 months. Um, so I would say that if you're ending your studies and you're not trying to get a job right now, internship visa is a really great way. I'm not too sure if you're able to work additionally to your internship, um, but hopefully you choose an internship that pays you so you're uh, still able to, you know, make a living. Um, then um, there's actually a really nice um, visa called the Job Seeker Visa. And this is for people who want to look for work in Germany, but don't necessarily have a job just yet. Um, it gives you six months to find a job. Um, and you need because um, in order to get a work visa, you actually need a job, you know? So this job seeker, um, you essentially come, hey, I want to work in Germany. I have these skills that I see is a need here in Germany. Um, I like to look for a job. And if they find that your skills are something that is useful to Germany, they can approve you for that. And I want to emphasize that because, I mean, like, not everyone can just come and apply for a job seeker visa. There are a lot of specifics. And from what I've known from Germany's bureaucratic system, it can be very picky sometimes. Um, so just be... Can I just say, Jay, you should work for like... Uh... I don't know. I don't even know who. Like, who, who would be the agency advertising the different types of visas? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is actually a very nice visa. I recommend getting this visa. This would also be a good choice if you're looking into <laughs> working for free as an intern. You should look into. Uh, I just it's so a very visa. nice presentation so far. <laughs> Love it. I'm glad. <laughs> and and can I just also? I know you're not done with this overview, but is there like a page that we can link to that has all of these different visas listed sure somewhere because it's a lot of information. Um, 
<laughs> there's actually a website that I will plug that has been my lifeline when trying to find all of this type of stuff. It's called allaboutberlin.com. Um, and mm-hmm. it's literally like, it is the website version of what I hope our podcast can be. Like it has oh. literally all of the steps and like all the options or whatnot. It has been my life site. It has been my lifesaver in trying to figure out what I need to do to get to Germany and to get to Berlin specifically. Wow. Yes. So, um, yes, we can link that in there, but just go to allaboutberlin.com and I'm just looking at this, uh, page now and it's made by a guy called nicholas yes so we should probably he's a canadian software engineer so we should probably invite him on this show then we really should yes and he updates this regularly like um he updated like the last time this page was updated was on the was on january 26 so this is still like Hmm. very um recent information um so the last two um, options listed that I found was an au pair visa. And these are for mm-hmm. people who want to be a helper for a host family in Germany. Um, I can see this as like people who kind of come in and help families teach English or learn about the culture or whatnot. Um, au pairs can usually do housework and take care of children. And in return, mm-hmm. they typically get a place to live and a small allowance. Um, au pair is a form of cultural exchange and it is a cheap way to live in another country and also learn the local language and it can serve as a part-time job. Um, you can work up to six hours a day or 30 hours a week. So you kind of come in with the job. Besides doing the au pair, you can work. Um, like the au pair thing is work in and of itself, right? Because yes, you're like yes. usually taking care of the children. And then on top of that, if you're like not tired as hell, after all that, you can then go work in a bar at night. Yes. Um, don't quote me on that, but I believe Sorry, so. my version isn't quite as positive and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like your presentation. <laughs> okay, au pair and then... Uh, um, the last one that is listed is the family reunion visa. So this is for spouses and family members of German residents. This is how you can bring your family to Germany. And with a family reunion visa, your family can work or study in Germany. And I, we have a coworker who might have done this. I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's a good way of like, if you are a German resident and you just got married um, or you have a son or a family member who wants to come to Germany, this is a good way for you to help sponsor them as well. So if you are currently in Germany um, and you live in Germany and you have a friend or, or not a friend, but a family member or a spouse that wants to look into the family reunion visa, that could be a good option as well. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, there are a lot of different ways to get to Berlin. My biggest advice and my biggest like encouragement is to just try something and just see if it works. And if that doesn't work, then try something else. And if that doesn't work, then try something else. And if that doesn't work, keep on trying. Like my biggest thing in life is never give up. Like I've tried to get to Berlin. This is my third time. And if it doesn't work, I want to keep on trying. Don't give up and just see what works. I guarantee you something will. I mean, on this website, it says, and many, many more. So there are obviously more visas than the ones you listed. These are very popular um, or popular in the sense that they're common visas, right? One -hmm. that I also know about um, that is also very specific is the English teacher visa. It, It might not be called that, but essentially the way it works is if you are an English native speaker, you can, um, you can, come here and get offers from at least three different language schools, which is fairly easy because they usually always are looking for teachers and they will then say, yes, we would like you to work for us. And then with those three things, plus your health insurance and your uh, residence and blah, 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 everything, you go and apply for the visa and then you get to live here and work as an English teacher and that's because you're not taking a job from someone who's from Germany, supposedly, because there's not that many English native speakers. I don't know if that's really, I, I think that's how it works, right? Like it's, it counts as like a qualified thing, even if you've 
if you don't have if you don't have a university degree or anything just because you're an english native speaker and it's relatively easy to get and you can um you can come here on the tourist visa not officially i think but i i think i know that you can in theory come on a tourist visa and then while you're here figure everything out get an apartment uh do the residence uh like at the residence uh you know thing that says that you have a Anmeldung. We will talk about those things in detail. You know the unmeldable Scheinigung, um, and then get the job offers, and then get the visa, and do it all in three months. Um, it's like tight, but it's possible, and then you can stay here. Yes. So um, I'm really glad that you brought that up because the um, being an English teacher was actually one of the options that I was looking to um, get. That was like a plan D or E, um, and it is a really good thing if you come from a um, native English speaking country like America or Canada. Um, and one of the cool things um, is you don't necessarily, most teachers is not, is work. I want to say necessarily required to have a bachelor's degree, but it's extremely, extremely, extremely recommended. But that is really good if you have a bachelor's degree, and you, but you don't have a master's degree. Um, and most times you do need a TEFL or a TEFL certification. This is teaching English mm -hmm. as a foreign language certification. However, there are many different types of ways of getting this. You can also get a CELTA certification, which is a more prestigious version of the certification. But there are a million different types of country um, not countries um companies who are offering these certifications um certification is not necessarily require require but it can help you get better um opportunities um and like uh manuel said you can do this in the tight span of three months now will i say that won't come with a lot of anxiety and a lot of pressure <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> it might but it can happen but like it's definitely an option if you don't feel that you have a particular skill set or something else that can't get you here um teaching english as a foreign language is a great 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 um method as well however i will say it will probably do you better to know a little bit of german as well um before you get here before you get there just so if you're teaching english you can also respond if they have questions in german um but it's not necessarily required knowing a little bit of german before you come here is a good idea either way because i mean berlin you don't necessarily need to speak german to have a good life in berlin because berlin is actually a difficult city to learn german because everybody will be happy to speak english with you except the people at the Ausländerbehörde <laughs> and essentially all the people you depend on being nice to you when you apply for your visas and stuff it is we will we have to make like a separate episode about this but the Ausländerbehörde so the uh what what, what would this be called in english the uh, visa the, agency i don't know yeah the visa agency Foreign. the german consulate right they are like I mean, I feel for them because they do have a pretty high workload, I think. And, um, you know, there a lot of people are coming to Berlin. Um, so, of course, but I helped several people at this point getting their visas. And going to the Ausländerbehörde is a nightmare. Um, I mean, it can be a nightmare. And in the best case, it's slightly painful. And the people there are... It it just always feels like they have like a protective shield around them, which I understand to a degree, you know, but it means that some of them will refuse to speak any other language. So even if they do know English, they will just speak German to you. So my recommendation A would be, you know, just try to come with a little bit of German and then either way, just try to bring someone to these appointments. Like when you're doing your Anmeldung for the Wohnung, like the, the when you register the place you live, which which you need for everything else. Um, and then also when, like any official appointment, whether at the Ausländerbehörde or any other kind of Amt, you know, office in Berlin, um, just try to bring a native speaker. So you're coming with me, right? I'm coming <laughs> with you. And yeah, because that's the thing, bring a native speaker and bring someone who is stubborn and very... Uh, assured of himself because you would <laughs> so you would you. be surprised <laughs> yes you would be surprised 
how much you can like because the 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 default answer is no you know no we don't have any appointments no this isn't possible no you can't get this visa because your health insurance doesn't have this or that or no you um whatever like there you know but if you are stubborn and if you have like a german uh speaking person with you who will not leave you know then doors open up and um basically yeah, I mean, do not do this take yourself, no for an answer but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't be an asshole, obviously. Like, let people do their jobs and respect the rules for sure. But don't, you know, the thing is, like, some things you have to be really stubborn, not just in dealing with people, but also dealing with websites, for example. Like, you just have to, you know, getting appointments for some of these things is so difficult. And you just need to, like, be on it and check every morning and, like, you know, just refresh the page and, to figure out when the appointment when the appointments go online and you really like unfortunately we're not there. like i when i moved to switzerland the experience was incredible like i literally just went to the citizen hall and like pressed a button and had like got a ticket and then i was called uh called up like 10 minutes later and they're like okay yeah welcome to switzerland like um <laughs> here here's your uh welcome package and uh it was just such a delightful experience and it's not like that in berlin for many reasons but yeah you just need to be on top of it and after it because if you don't then you're going to miss all the deadlines and like yeah you don't want to overstay your visa and you know potentially get in trouble so you just need to be on top of it which is part of the reason why we're starting this podcast because i just feel like there are things like errors mistakes that can be avoided if you just know about them in advance you know i am so glad that you said that and i think that's super important to know <laughs> i mean with the whole just like being on top of it i ideally would not even be able to get an appointment to get a permanent or um, anything else um until may or june even july kind of but i've already started to make a habit just for myself of going on the appointment website and just checking it every single day i know just so i, I get into the habit this. of it <laughs> you know kari told me did yeah. you know that jay's already looking for appointments even though he can't like it doesn't make sense for him and i'm like what and he's like yeah he just wants to get in the habit of yeah. <laughs> looking for appointments and i mean that is amazing that is exactly the attitude you need because you just want to be in the habit of you know getting an appointment unfortunately yeah. I, I mean the one thing that i'm i i i'm a procrastinator i'm a proud procrastinator but when it comes to the things that matter the most in life i cannot procrastinate on and this is one of those things where like you can like i said you can do all this type of stuff in three months but do you want the anxiety of it no so my biggest advice is do what you can before you get to berlin just to make everything there a little bit easier because being in berlin i already know there are gonna be so many challenges that i can't even imagine that are gonna happen so if i can right. control the things that like that i have around me right now i think i'll be able to be more i'll be more confident in overcoming any obstacles that happen once i get there all right so in terms of things to prepare, um, it, like what you need for each visa is obviously different, but maybe we can talk about like some of the basics or like the common things. So obviously you need like a valid passport. That's, uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's very obvious, but um, you will also need like biometric photos of your face at like a specific size, which you know, you can just get the day off or whatever, but I guess that's something you could prepare. You One huge thing is health insurance. So Germany is a country where it is illegal to not have health insurance. Um, and once you have, like once everything's figured out and you have your visa, then you can get like the Gesetzliche Krankenversicherung. So the, um, the, the standard, like, it's not state insurance, like it's it is private companies doing it, but it's a um, like the fees are more or less standardized, or not so much the fees, but also like what you get from the insurance is the same across all the insurances. There's also a private system, but that doesn't really matter. So basically, most people I think get Technica Krankenkasse TK 
that's what I have and most of the people I know have. It's like one of the biggest uh, health insurance companies. And um, so you will be able to sign up for that once you have the visa, but I don't think you can at least easily uh, sign up for a health insurance like that before you have a visa. You can't join health insurance like that as a visitor or as someone who doesn't have residency in Germany. And so most of the people that I know of who came to Germany got like a health insurance, like there are these health insurances that are uh, targeted specifically at foreigners coming to Germany. So they will have exactly the things that the German government expects you to have in order to get a visa. Have you looked well, into this at all? So actually, I had a question for that. Um, actually, so I have two, two things. I made a list of things that people should get before they get to Berlin. Then I have another list of things uh -huh. they should get once they get to Berlin. But about the health insurance thing. So there, um, before you can apply for your work visa, you, you have to have a place to live and you have to have German health insurance. So you're saying that there are some health insurances that won't provide you um that won't provide you health insurance until you get there right i feel like oh my god this is exactly what happens like it's 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 like a there's a name for it is it a chicken and egg problem no is yes it a, like there it's are there problem. are you will run into into things where it's like you can't get this without this and you can't get the other thing without the other thing that totally happens so i'm not quite exactly sure what you need in order to get tikka i don't think you need a job necessarily because you can join and pay yourself but yeah you might need a place to live but it's kind of hard to get a place to live if you don't have work work so, it's, it's, it's such a chicken and egg like that's probably the great best analogy for it <laughs> like i said they don't make it easy for you <laughs> at all <laughs> Um, but okay, yeah. so I have, I'm looking right now and if you're like, it depends on what visa, um, you're applying for. Um, like, so for example, if you're looking for a job seeker visa or a freelance visa, you can apply for, um, expat health insurance, um, which is what you were talking about. Um, right. And then, but how for a work visa. Or if you have a blue card, um, if you have a job offer, you can apply for public health insurance before you come to Germany. Um, okay. Well, that's good to so, know. So, yes, that's actually really good to know. So, I need to know that. Um, I need to try to do that. Um, so, it just, like, it, it, it will vary on the... Um, the health insurance it will vary on the permit that you're going for but it will be good possibly to get expat health insurance as well as another chicken and egg problem is the whole bank account type of thing oh yeah but a lot of times you can't get a bank account without your um end milk done right so yeah i think the bank account will be its own episode probably but um mm -hmm. you're completely right that the anmeldung is like one of the like it's probably the most important thing to get in the beginning because you can't do anything without it. So Anmeldung means going to the Bürgeramt, so the the citizen's office, I guess, and registering where you live. So Germany wants to know where you live. And this is possible without a visa, without having a visa. You can just go and say, I live here. And what you need to prove that you live there is like a Mietvertrag, so a your rental uh, agreement. Um, and or like a a piece of paper that says yes this person is subletting my room so and you there are ways it's i think it's gotten a little bit more difficult but there are ways to basically prove you live in a place without having a f like a formal uh rental um agreement you know from like a landlord yes and there's actually a piece of paper that you can um print out that um you just right. sign and it just says it so what i would recommend is as soon as you get here, try to register, try to get your Anmeldung. And the way to do it, so if you live in like a hotel or an Airbnb, the way to do it would be to find a friend, find someone who will let you do the Anmeldung at their place. The problem is that many times this is like not allowed in terms of their rental agreement like i don't i would have to look at my contract but it might be not okay for me to have someone else live here even if it's just 
on paper and it can't just be on paper because you know you should do the unmeldung where you actually live like no matter how you do it like you're probably not doing it 100% uh by the books because it's like it's impossible to get a place like a permanent place without a visa but you can't yeah it's a total chicken and egg problem so basically figure out a way to do the unmeldung you don't need that much you need like something to to prove that you live there so it can be like this piece of paper where where someone says yes this person lives here and then to get the anmeldung you need a appointment at a bürgeramt in berlin there are many many bürgerämter all over berlin and yeah if you just google anmeldung wohnung berlin you see anmeldung einer wohnung um at service.berlin.de and then you, there's a button ber, ber, termin berlin weit suchen so you can find a a uh, an appointment anywhere in berlin and it's really funny see how it says you have to register within 14 days after moving to a new place and then you click on that button to find an appointment and there are no appointments ever like not it's all like not even in two months or it's just booked out completely like there's no appoint there's not a single appointment in the whole city uh, ever <laughs> and so you can <laughs> the thing is so the trick is there's two tricks one trick is to look early in the morning and often i think they withhold a lot of appointments and then depending on how many people actually went to work that day they like if it's more than their usual sick uh Uh, average or whatever they they put appointments online and then you just have to be super flexible and like get an appointment that hopefully is more or less close to where you are and just grab it and you have your stuff ready and you just go there and you register the same day the other option if that doesn't work is just to go without an appointment and just go before they even open and and then like get a number like get a ticket and then sit there for three hours and then do it I don't know if that's possible anymore now like in the pandemic um before the pandemic that was definitely also an option. It's just to like uh I I said I wouldn't complain so much on this on this show but it's ridiculous that you have to go through all of this just for them to like stamp the paper and says yes okay you're ready. like why can't we do this online it makes no sense <laughs> this should be 100% online just <laughs> here's the piece of paper I scanned it like it's ridiculous that you have to do this dance but this is something you have to do and probably should be like the first thing you do yes and something that could help which is what i'm going to do is before you agree to move to a place or like like before you agree on a flat make sure that they're going to allow you to get an end mail done like um some of the right. like postings will say you can get an end mail done here which apparently what i'm reading now is that it's illegal for them to like not allow you to register but it often does happen with sublets and temporary apartments um it's usually because the landlord does not know that you live there Right. The reason is it's like illegal to not like to rent a place and you can't do the anmeldung because that doesn't make any sense. Like you that you have to do the anmeldung where you live, but they are subletting their rooms or their apartments illegally, like mm -hmm. in the sense that their landlord doesn't allow it. And so they don't want their landlord to know. And so that's why they're saying you can't do the anmeldung. So it's yes. really tricky and I think a very common way to do it is to like find a friend who will be like okay just do it and then when you have a permanent place in a few weeks you know you change it we and yeah we'll all be fine hopefully yeah. yes um so there are options like i said there are hoops um i would just recommend that when you're trying to look for an apartment just make sure um ideally that you're able to um they're, they're they, they will help you out with that um honestly yeah. most times it's just a signature or whatnot um that you just need but um yeah i think there are there are ways sometimes you can have friends if you don't have a friend then just ask uh, to make sure you're able to do it um even some of the hostels like what i was looking at they'll allow you to um do it depending on how long you're staying there for um that's pretty so, cool Yeah, that's nice. If so, if you stay for like three weeks or a month, they will be like, "Yeah, you can do your unmeldung while you're here." Yeah, um, I was looking at some of those options. I mean, they're not cheap necessarily, so you, you always got to put something yeah. out. <laughs> But um, those are possibilities. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, I think let's do like more um, kind of basic 
like the basics episodes where we where we go through that whole process. So I think we covered Anmeldung pretty well. Um, and so we'll talk more about the Ausländerbehörde and and kind of the, getting the bank and then registering at the Finanzamt and all of that later on. Exactly. So to sum up, so I wanted to sum up essentially what I recommend everyone can like do as a standard before they get to Berlin, no matter what your visa is. Because I feel like there were a few common like requirements. Um, I would recommend that everyone, before you get to Berlin, make your two appointments, your one appointment to get your um, dunk, and then your second appointment to get your residence permit. Um, do your best to make those appointments before you move to Berlin, and they will make your life so much easier. Um, and then for paperwork that you're going to want to have, you're going to want to have your birth certificate. Uh, most times you're applying for like a f freelance artist visa or a work visa. You're going to want your diploma that shows or your diploma slash degree that shows that you are a skilled expert. Um, Which, by the way, you need like a certified copy and yes. it needs to be uh, translated. And that also needs to be like certified, like proven, like not just a photocopy. I did not know that. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um. You're also going to want to have your copy of your passport, as uh, Manuel mentioned earlier, and then your biometric photos. And then um, your job offer letter or your university acceptance letter or the letter that when you're applying for a freelance visa that people are interested in working with you. Um, those letters are very important um, as they um, confirm that you are being welcome or invited to the country. Um, so those things you can get before you get to Berlin and they will make your experience, I think, much easier. Once you do get to Berlin, um, you're going to want to get your um, confirmation from your your landlord. You're going to want to attend your appointment for your NML done. Ideally, you're going to want to open up your bank account. You want to get health insurance and then you're going to want to attend your visa appointment. And essentially, you have done a lot of a lot of a lot of the hard work to get to Berlin, and try to be as prepared as Jay. Yes, <laughs> which honestly, I will say this: if you prepare for me personally, I I don't feel worried at all. I don't feel nervous. I don't feel like things are going to go wrong. I also just have a very optimistic mindset. But yes, like, you do. if you just prepare as much as you can i mean like there's very little that can go wrong you know once you do your research and you make like a checklist it's pretty self-explanatory like it's literally just a collection of paperwork and a collection of appointments that you got to get and if you just make sure that you are stay on top of the specifics with it then i guarantee you won't have any problem plus your mindset does help a lot so if you go into things thinking that things are going to be difficult guess what they will be difficult if you go into things thinking they're going to be easy that you're going to get it all done in time it's going to work out then things most likely will work out the way that you want them to 